You're listening to the Meaningful Minutes with Nikki Olson podcast. This is a show for busy Latter-day Saint women who want to learn simple tools to feel confident and inspired in 10 minutes or less. Welcome. On this episode, we will be discussing the truth about suicide and the gospel. So just a warning about this week's episode, hopefully the title made you aware of what I was going to be talking about. And if this subject is too triggering for you, um, you really don't need to listen any further. But if you or someone you love needs help right away, use the National Mental Health Crisis Line by dialing 988 on your phone, and you'll be connected to a trained therapist in your area 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So this week's topic is an often taboo subject, sometimes in church and around the world, but it's one that's really near and dear to my heart. About six years ago, I had my first loss to suicide that was close to me. My coworker died by suicide, and it was really a devastating situation all around for everyone. But since that time, due to the location of where I work, Suicide intervention has become a daily part of my work, and I've taken on some work in my community to decrease the loss by suicide by becoming an intervention trainer, where I teach classes to others on how to help and intervene when suicide is the topic. I also run our county's Suicide Prevention Coalition, and I'm passionate about this subject and couldn't miss the opportunity to bring awareness to the subject this month um, because we're addressing mental health through the lens of the gospel for Mental Health Awareness Month. So there are wonderful articles in on the church's website that I have linked in our show notes, but there was one particular article that was um, linked in from the Liahona in 2016 that really outlined the impacts of suicide all over the world. Um, and I linked that article specifically in the show notes too. The article said that over 800,000 people end their lives by suicide every year worldwide. So really that means that in the world, um, someone is ending their life every 40 seconds. The actual number is likely even higher than that because suicide is such a sensitive matter and illegal in some countries. So it's really underreported. So directly or indirectly, suicide affects a large segment of our society. Also, I want you to know that the church has great information about suicide on their website that I've linked, and the exact part of the site that you can find this information on is in the show notes. But there is hope that through some of these statements in the, but I hope that through some of these statements on the that the church has put out, that you might change your perspective of suicide in a way that brings more hope from the Savior into your life or your loved one's life. One of these statements that is like this for me um, from the church's website says, sadly, despite our best efforts, suicide is not always preventable and it leaves behind deep heartbreak and emotional upheaval and with unanswered questions for family and loved ones who need nurturing and support. Nevertheless, peace can be found amid such deep pain and anguish through our Savior, who's descended below all things that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. 
I think one thing that brings me hope in situations of suicide is that the Savior can succor all who have been affected. He knows all the intricacies around every situation and knows exactly what is needed. And one of the misconceptions I want to clear up before we dive any further is that individuals with thoughts of suicide do not want to die. On the church's website, they say this about this specific misconception. Most people who have thought about suicide do not want to die. They simply want to find relief from physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual pain they're going through. Even righteous people like Paul have despaired even of life. That's in 2 Corinthians 1.8, when they felt weighed down and in deep distress. You know, the natural man inside of us can take hold and really create a barrier to seeing life with an eternal perspective or or even having hope at all. The natural man can create realities that aren't true, but feel real to the one experiencing them. However, no one wants to die. They just want solutions that help them with the despair they're feeling. And one other misconception I want to clear up about suicide is that suicide is not selfish. I hear so often when people talk about suicide, they say suicide's selfish or that, or that someone is selfish for even thinking about suicide. And I loved the response on the church's website that gives this about this, that tells this about this misconception. They said, although it is wrong to take one's own life, a person who does Uh, does so may not be responsible for his or her actions. Only God can fully understand and judge the situation. Elder M. Russell Ballard said, obviously we do not know the full circumstances surrounding every suicide. Only the Lord knows all the details. And he he is who will judge our actions here on earth. When he does judge us, I feel like he will take all things into consideration. Our genetics, our chemical makeup, our mental state, our intellectual capacity, the teachings we've received, the traditions of our fathers, our health, and so forth. When someone takes their own life, only God is able to judge their thoughts, their actions, and their level of accountability. Suicide need not be the defining characteristic of an individual's eternal life. I just really love that compassionate response to a situation so many people have put a black and white label on for years. Suicide and suicidal thoughts are not are so much more complex than we can even know. The wonderful news is that we have a savior as an advocate who knows all sides of every situation and can help to be a just and compassionate advocate. So now that we have a better view of what the church teaches around suicide, I want to give you some resources to help in situations when someone is having thoughts of suicide. In all the classes that I teach about suicide intervention, one of the main points of training are to hear the invitations people are giving you about their thoughts of suicide. For many reasons, people are not open and direct about their thoughts of suicide. However, as I talked about earlier, people do not want to die. They just want to know what else to do with the suffering they are feeling in their lives. So someone may be giving you an invitation in a more subtle way, and you don't want to miss or dismiss that invitation. 
You want to be alert to knowing what those invitations are so that you can openly and directly ask about their thoughts of suicide. These invitations can come in the form of what you see, hear, sense, or learn about someone that can make you think suicide could be on their mind. What you see, hear, sense, or learn about someone can save a life. So let me go over some of the most common invitations people give when they're having thoughts of suicide. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, just ones that you might likely encounter. So let's start with what you might see a person doing if they were thinking about suicide. So when someone's having thoughts of suicide, you might see them withdrawing more from people, caring less about the things they used to care about, starting or increasing abuse or substances of substances like drugs or alcohol, or just not taking care of responsibilities like they did before. Now, not every person exhibiting these behaviors is having thoughts of suicide, but it's always good to check in and see. Think of these invitations as changes you have seen and not just behaviors that have always been present. Another type of invitation is things you hear people saying that make you think they could be talking about suicide. So things like, I feel like such a burden. I brought so much shame. I feel alone in this. Nothing matters anymore. Now, there can be more things but than this, but these are thoughts of hopelessness. So listen for those thoughts of hopelessness, which really leads to another type of invitation that is similar, which is a sense that you get from that person. For example, you can get a sense that they are desperate to solve something or a feeling of loneliness, even though they're around a lot of other people, or just a sense of deep sadness or intense regret, or even a sense of not feeling any more at all, or a numbness. As you get a sense for these invitations, and you get a feeling that it could be suicide they're thinking of, then that is the spirit indicating to you to act on helping this person. The last type of invitation is situations that you might learn about someone that could lead to thoughts of suicide. One of the leading situations where suicide is involved is abuse. These situations are very difficult and a lot of support is needed. Another situation can be rejection. Maybe rejection of a job or a relationship can also be difficult and can leave many people feeling hopeless or helpless. Also, a loss of a loved one due to suicide or not Uh, But if someone has had a history of thoughts of suicide in the past, this can be an elevating risk factor to be aware of as well. Now, like I said, this is not an exhaustive list, but anytime you are thinking that someone is giving you an invitation, it's always best to check in and ask directly if they're having thoughts of suicide and make sure you ask in a way that doesn't come out as judgmental or that you're telling them not to have thoughts of suicide. Also reassure them that it's okay that they're having thoughts of suicide and you can connect them with someone who can help. And I love this statement that the church put out on their website about asking directly about suicide. The statement says, you may feel concerned about asking a person directly if they're having thoughts of suicide, 
But doing this can help the person feel comfortable talking to you and show them that you love them. You can also give them an opportunity to express thoughts and feelings about something they've been keeping a secret. These types of conversations do not increase the likelihood that the person will attempt suicide. You could ask, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Do you have a plan to take your life? Then practice good listening skills. Be prepared with contact information for crisis resources in your area if the person needs help immediately. So if someone tells you, yes, they're having thoughts of suicide, it's best to connect them with someone who is trained in assessing the level of risk that person is at and get them connected to resources to help. So every community has different resources, but one resource that is in every community is in the nation is the National Mental Health Crisis Line. At the other end of this line is a trained therapist in your state ready to help. You as the caregiver can call and talk with the therapist 24 hours a day, seven days a week with the person that is having the thoughts of suicide. If someone tells you they're having thoughts of suicide, don't just give them the number, call it with them and see what the next steps are and help them walk through those steps together. They're already overwhelmed enough with life. They need someone to help them walk through these steps together. Now, asking someone if they're having thoughts of suicide, like I said, does not give them the idea if they weren't already thinking about harming themselves. And it just gets everyone on the same page. All right. I hope today's episode was insightful and helped you understand suicide in a deeper way through the lens of the gospel so that you can help loved ones who are struggling or even yourself. And remember, there's always hope in the Savior's enabling power of the atonement. All right, please reach out to me on social media or email if you have any questions about this topic um, or reach out for your own support and help if you need it. But And also, if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to any of the episodes this month about mental health and specific diagnoses, go back and check out those episodes as we're wrapping up this um, Mental Health Awareness Month. All right. I'll see you next week. I hope these minutes you spent with me were meaningful, helped you feel inspired and more confident. If you liked today's episode, check out the show notes for links to other episodes you might like too. And while you're there in my show notes, look for the links to my website, social media, and free handouts for remembering how to implement the skills. Thank you for listening to the Meaningful Minutes podcast with Nikki Olson.